0: Hello and welcome to a God Shift Podcast. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. In these episodes, you will learn how to grow your faith, overcome adversity, and move into a greater destiny. Individuals, organizational leaders, and ministry leaders share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them hope you enjoyed the episode. Hey everybody, it is Shayna Rattler, the host of A God Shift. I am so glad that you are here. And before we get started, listening audience, I want to ask you for a favor. So wherever it is that you are listening to this podcast, I would love if you would take a screenshot and then post that screenshot on your social media with two pieces of information. Number one, it's not really a piece of information, but tag us here at A God Ship. And then number two, if you would give me your aha moment or your biggest takeaway, From this episode, I would really appreciate that because I'm really on a mission to change as many lives as possible. If people need hope in their lives, if they need to overcome adversity, if they need to grow their faith, if they need to walk a closer life with Jesus, I really want to be able to do my part in doing that. So, the more people that will actually share this episode, the more people that we can make sure that happens. So, thank you, thank you, thank you in advance for that. All right, well, I am going to read my guest bio and then we will get this party started so my guest today is a speech language pathologist by day and an author by night but all day every day she is a wife a mother and jesus lover i love that she can almost always be found typing away at her computer after tucking her kids in bed because she's written a lot of things she's written prophetic songs songs inspired by biblical revelation and worship songs. She loves how music unlocks hearts and can transport us into the presence of God. She does not believe life is about being perfect. It's about being ever changed. Her vision is to connect hearts to the heart of God so people can live in the empowerment and victory that comes through a genuine connection to God and his supernatural power. Then, we can all be forever changed. So welcome to the show, Debbie Henney.
1: Thank you very much. It's a privilege to be here. Thank you for having me today.
0: I am so excited that you are here. We shared um, before we came on, all of my listeners don't know this, that you know, she's a therapist, I'm also a therapist. And so we're, we've been in these healthcare streets for 16 and 18 years, respectively. She's been doing it 16 years. I've technically been licensed for 18 years, even though I don't practice anymore. So we, we share some things in common. So Debbie, I'm glad you're here. And I want to lay a little bit of context for this conversation. So number one, this is called a God shift. Every platform that I have is a God shift. And most people are always like, oh, wow, like that sounds really cool. But they have no idea what it is or what it means. So to me, a God shift is the moment that you unlock your kingdom authority collide with God's purpose and move into a greater destiny. And for me, when I think about kingdom authority, because I think for some people that can be kind of abstract. But when I think about kingdom authority, I think about as believers, the birthright that we have to actually play a role in God's will for our lives. So like we actually there's things that we can do as believers to see scripture come to pass in our life and to help God activate His plans and promises for our lives. And it's not that he needs any help. It's just that this is a relationship. And in any relationship, everybody has a role to play. So I would love to
1: hear, Debbie, what's your own personal definition of kingdom authority? I love that definition. And mine is pretty similar. When I think of authority, I think of a position to command or a position to lead or to affect change. And when I think of kingdom, I think of King's domain. I mean, I'm a speech therapist, so I'm a little bit of a word nerd. So so I think of the combination of those two words, King's domain. And it's that position that I have in Christ with his uh, domain, his reign in my life, and then me coming together and aligning myself with that to bring his presence and his power more and more in my life and then in my environment as I uh, walk in line with that, I can release that into my environment.
0: I, I love that because, you know, there's so much that goes on around us, right? Like our, our words, you know, and I've got, I'm talking to a speech and language pathologist. So you are the word girl, right? And so whether it's, we can't say our words or we can't think of the word, you know, whichever, whichever one it is. So when we think about all the things that exist in our environments, that oftentimes we look at it as things that may compete with what it is that we're trying to do. But I love how you say when you look at the authority that you have, how you're actually able to have have the things that are going on in our environment work with us with what it is that we're trying to accomplish, and obviously especially if that is in alignment, um, you know with what God has for us. So I'm curious, like if you think about your life, has there ever been a time whether you were either, You know, growing your faith or overcoming adversity, that you've actually had to walk in that authority to get where you are?
1: Oh, absolutely. I can think of two pretty distinct uh, instances. One is coming out of a negative, and one is going into a positive, and one kind of led into the other. I grew up very shy, uh, very timid. Uh, My older brother is deaf, and so I grew up learning how to sign. And, you know, as a little kid, you think everybody knows what, you know, (laughs) because you don't realize everybody has different backgrounds. And I was too shy to speak and use my voice. So I would sign answers instead of actually verbalizing them. Um, That's how shy and timid I was. And I never really learned how to overcome that fear until one summer. It was like a domino effect of relatively traumatic events that led me to daily panic attacks. And I became almost non-functional. Every day at 5 p.m., I would go, my brain would go blitzy and I just couldn't function. And it was really hard to work. It was hard to be a mom. Um, And through that, through my healing from that, which really was sourced in scriptural meditation and meditating on God's word. And I learned how to overcome fear. And I thought, wow, that was the one big thing I could never do in my life was overcome fear. Even as a young adult, I would go into fight or flight to say hi to somebody. I mean, I was even married at that point. (laughs) I mean, I really struggled with um, communication, but yet I knew God had called me to speak. And I knew God had a place for me in ministry. And I thought, God, how is this going to happen when I struggle so much with this? And So that was how he got me out of that big negative. And then more recently, you know, as I've been stepping out in ministry, and I've been stepping out and speaking and I wrote a book, you know, and I'm, you know, starting to lead worship at my church and participating more in the worship team on my church and kind of bringing my music aspect of the gifting more public, you know, out of my living room (laughs) and, um, And God said, you know, that, that verse that he used so much to heal me from the panic attacks and from almost like pathological fear was, you know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And then he said, Debbie, what was the first part of that verse? You know, the verse before the first part of that, and it was, don't neglect the gift that God has placed in you, but fan into flame. And he said, you know what, when that fear comes, Realize that you're, you're falling into out of line with me and you're falling into yourself or you're falling into fear of man and use it to refocus and fan the flame and just let me roar through you. And so it was, it was really neat to see how God took one particular part of the Bible and used it to pull me out of a negative and then push me into a positive to fulfill his purpose and his call in my life.
0: That's so good. Um, You know, I'll just stick a pin in and go, yeah, we must really be sisters because I, too, know sign language. So (laughs) we've both been therapists. We both know sign. Um, But one of the things that I was going to say that I love about what you just said is that most of the times we're thinking about unless and I get it, like everyone's not being called to ministry in a formal sense, but we are all called to be ministers and to minister to other people. But many of us, and I know that I was this way, we always look for all of the things that are wrong with us that we can't be used instead of looking at all the things that are right with us. And even the things that we may not necessarily consider um, gifts and talents, like you were talking about, like, you know, reigniting the flame, you know, or fanning the flame under your gifts and talents but also recognizing that God will use us flaws and all, you know, like, you know, I don't know how to speak. I didn't ask you that. You know, I stutter. I didn't ask you that. I'm young. I didn't ask you that. Right. And right. so, you know, if we, if we subscribe to the fact that God doesn't make any mistakes when he makes us, even when he makes us with things that, you know, typical society would call a flaw, that sometimes it's that very thing that we consider to be a flaw that he actually uses. It's not like, hey, I'm gonna magnify your strengths to the point that they suppress your flaws so nobody knows they're they're there. It's like, no, I'm not gonna just use you in spite of your flaws, I'm gonna use you because of them. Is that
1: what you felt like happened with you? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I actually just spoke on that this past Sunday when I uh, through highlighting the story of Gideon, how God came and called him a valiant warrior and he was hiding out in a wine press. And, and then he, all he did was listed all of his disqualifications. I'm too young. I'm the youngest son of my family. And even if I wasn't, I'm from the wrong tribe, you got the wrong guy. Yeah. But he didn't call him because he was qualified in his mind. He didn't call him because he's qualified culturally. He called him because he saw that he would be willing to surrender and align himself in faith with what God was doing, and which is exactly what happened. And it's the same thing with the military. He sent all but 300 home. They weren't called to have victory because of their qualifications in the world's eyes. Yes. They surrendered into it, and God brought such a great victory.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, I want to go back to your own like personal story for a second. And so when you look at um, this period of your life that you go through, you know, I can't even begin to imagine what it's like for you to live in a shell almost, you know what I mean? Where you, I can't imagine that like you were really just existing. You weren't really living like fear and panic and anxiety had literally almost um paralyzed you if you will like physically and literally like like paralyzed you but yet you get this i I almost said an aha moment but i'm pretty sure it didn't happen like in in the blink of an eye but you you get this epiphany you go through this process and you realize you know who you are and what your purpose is on earth right and so and then you really learned how to walk in your god-given authority like what did you learn during that whole process
1: Well, it was deeper revelations of God, really. Um, The Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. So all I really did was pick out Bible verses that revealed God's love. Mm. And I just would literally meditate on that. It was just just focusing your mind on one thought, controlling your breathing, because part of the panic attack is that your breathing goes out of control. Yeah. So I had to learn how to control my breathing and focus my mind because that was again, with the panic attacks, that nothing sticks, nothing processes, everything just goes out. It was very bizarre. Um, it, it actually took me a little while to figure out that's what was going on. <laughs> a couple days of, wow, I, I, I feel very strange around five o'clock because everything that happened that was bad happened in the evening. Um, yeah. And, it, and so just learning to control, the physiological response, but do it in a way that brought a greater revelation of God and his heart. And those deeper revelations of God are really what healed me and pulled me out of it. And then got me into a healthy place. Yeah. I did a,
0: um, I just posted a video on YouTube last Friday. um, And I was sharing the three easy ways that Christians can overcome fear. And one of the things that I talked about during that video is finding out what the root of the fear is, is like what's causing the fear and then fix that. Because usually the things that we are actually aware of are a symptom of something deeper. And if we figure out what caused the fear and then we can work on fixing that, then oftentimes the fear kind of goes away. So were you, did you have any difficulty identifying Exactly what caused the fear and 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 even regardless of what the answer is to that, how did you how did you do that like how did you go? these are the one two threes that I'm going to do in order to get this monkey off my back if you will?
1: yeah, I knew what caused it because there were definite triggers, there were definite incidents that happened, um like there was a park incident um where I was alone, and it you know it was bad, so. That that was pretty much what did it. Um, and then uh, the deeper revelations of God's love. I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought there. You would ask. Get to the root of it and then how. Yeah. And so then once you were able to go
0: like, hey, these are the moments that happened in my life um, that kind of got me to this point. Or I know specifically what my triggers are that caused this fear and anxiety to come up. How What what are some of the things that you did to overcome that? Because you, you were experiencing fear and panic at a very magnified level. And so I'm just right. curious, like once you really became aware of what was causing those situations, what were some of the things that you did to, to get into a better place?
1: It was really meditation, picking a Bible verse. And it started off because the brain goes blitzy and you can't think, you can't process just something very simple, like God is love. Literally, that was the only thing I could focus my mind on was God is love. And then as I healed a little bit, you know, in every day, every single day, I would sit in my living room and I would meditate. And my husband did it with me um, as an act of love because he hates meditation, <laughs> but he did it as an act of love for me. And we would sit there and meditate. And I would say, God is love. And then I could add, perfect love casts out fear. God is love. Perfect love casts out fear. God is love. And then I got to the verse, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And when I got to that, when I could get my mind to focus on that long of a phrase, that's when I started to really see a turnaround. It took a few weeks. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was probably about a month where I couldn't go to church. I yeah. couldn't go to gym. Um, and then when I did go back to church, I had to stay in the foyer. I could not go in the main area. So, but it was little baby steps at a time as I gained healing, pushing myself one more step. I'm going to go to church. Okay. Next week, I'm going to try to just stand in the back. I'm going to try to go in the door and just stand in the back. And then I'm going to try to sit down, (laughs) you know, so every time, you know, I, I gained a victory in private, I would try to gain a victory in public.
0: That's so good. And one of the things that I think is noteworthy is that you, when we want to talk about walking in the authority that we have as as believers, you use what, in my opinion, is the most powerful weapon that we have. And that's our mouths. And so you were like, let me find something that is scripturally based, that is the exact opposite of what it is that I know that I'm experiencing And I need to say that out loud until I either believe it or until at least it's in me enough that I know that I can move forward. I had someone ask me recently, so when I speak things out loud that are the opposite of what really is, isn't that why? And I said, well, do you believe that God is a liar? And they were like, of course not. And I said, well, you do know the scripture that says, let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. So it's biblically based for us to find scripture. And, and even if it's not a scripture, you know what God desires for you. And for us to be able to use our mouths to say out loud until our our brain begins to get it and our body begins to get it, at least enough to start to take some baby steps. And so I hope the audience recognizes that you didn't just say, okay, I've been saying these scriptures, I've got it together. Now let me just rush full steam ahead back into what I would have considered to be a normal life. You were like, no, I'm gonna gonna test this out. I'm gonna take a small step and then I'm gonna go, oh, whatever it was that I feared probably didn't happen. Now, the next time I can take a little bit more of a step. And so do, do you think that that's like something that all of us should do if we're fearful of anything is to ask ourselves, what would happen if I just took a small step in that direction what is the likely, what what would you say is the percentage? Let me ask this, because I think I just went five different directions out, out of my own mouth. But if there is someone that is listening to this episode right now, and there's something that they fear, and tomorrow they're willing to take a tiny baby step towards what it is that they feared, what do you think is the likelihood in percentages that that thing is not going to happen?
1: Boy, that's hard to say, but I'd say it's pretty likely it's not going to happen. And, exactly. And to be honest, I think you know. If I think about fear, and I think about what's the worst thing in the whole world that could ever happen because I stepped out. Yeah. And then I think, well, if that happened, would I wake up tomorrow? Yes. Would I still, you know, I'm married, so would I still have my husband? Would he still love me? Yes. Do I still have my girls? Do they still love me? Yes. I still have my friends. It's gonna be okay. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Right. Like, what's the what's the worst that could happen? What's Um,
0: the worst?
1: Happen.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, and I don't and I'm not I just just hear my heart audience. I'm not trying to diminish what it is that you're experiencing that you're fear, fearful of. But I do want to admonish you to say, if you don't want to stay stuck by fear. Now, if you want to stay stuck, there's nothing that, that Debbie and I can say that's going to help you. But if you know that whatever you're fearful of, that you don't want to remain in that fearful state, then at some point you're going to have to find the courage to do something. And like Debbie, I'm not saying that the very first time that you go back into a situation that you go all the way to the front, but can you at least go to the door? Can you at least, I had a patient one time that was so fearful to go anywhere that I said, can you at least go stand on the other side of your front door? Even if you're so fearful to get in the car and go anywhere, can we at least start by you going out of the door and just standing outside for five minutes? Because she wouldn't even do that. And so, I, w- you know, I wouldn't have dared say, get in your car and drive to Starbucks. You got it. You know what I mean? So can you at least just do one tiny baby step towards what it is that you're fearful of?
1: Absolutely, 100%. Because I think you can't, we can talk and we can meditate, but at some point you have to take steps. You have to take actionable steps in the opposite direction. Yeah. And it's great to have a vision. Like I said, I, I knew from the time I was seven years old that God called me into ministry and called me to speak. And I did nothing about it because I was too afraid to do it, anything. Yeah. And then I hit 32 and I said, I thought I'd have an established ministry by now. And I'm like, not even really out the gate. <laughs> I and God said, hmm, I wonder why that is. I know. Anything? I think it might be because you haven't gotten off your couch. <laughs> you yeah, haven't done anything. And, you know, you just thought this fear was just going to poof, disappear, and you're going to outgrow it. And the reality is it just got stronger, and you just allowed it to control you longer. Yeah. So how about we start taking these micro baby steps? And I did. I started taking little tiny micro baby steps. And they all added up. I didn't stop. Sometimes they were successful. Sometimes they were, oh boy, move. that was not good. That was not pretty. <laughs> but I did it and didn't stop. Wow! And that's the whole point: is you got to keep going. And it's interesting in this whole journey that I've been taking over the last several years with really stepping out and pushing into the calling that God has. Um, is that I would make gains in the fear department, and then all of a sudden these. Old fears would just start screaming, or I gave in one area and then I'd go home. And on the drive home, fear would just be screaming at me. And sometimes not even things that I thought I was afraid of. All of a sudden new fears would come. And that's when I realized I was actually dealing with the spirit. Yes. And I, because it says a spirit of fear is what the verse says. And it wasn't just a learned response. It wasn't just You know, a normal, oh, I'm a little nervous and I just have to kind of push through that. Yeah. It was very bizarre. And then when I realized that, my plan shifted from okay, we're going to visualize, we're going to do extra prep and practice, we're going to, you know, we're going to get ourselves all brayed up and meditate beforehand. And it went into I'm going to take authority over this and I don't need you. I don't want you. And get out of my life. That's and right. That was a big change. That's there. Right. Change there.
0: I, I loved I I want to unpack that a little bit more, but first I want to take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we're going to share some tips and advice of how people can do exactly what you just said. Okay. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by the free guide when God says shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to follow God's plan to move you into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. So Debbie, I want to get into transformation a little bit. I really want to get into a space where we can actually help people with like what it is that they can really do, right? And so I absolutely love that you took the words out of my mouth before we pause for a break. And that's the fact that you recognized that this was an attack of the enemy on your life and on your calling. But you didn't just sulk and go, oh, well, there goes that powerful devil again. He's just doing his job. Let me just retreat and go back into my corner and figure it out. No, you said, I'm going to take authority over this spirit. I'm going to tell him to shut his mouth. I'm going to tell him to get behind me, get under my feet, whatever the exact words were. But I think that there's a lot of people that could potentially be listening to this episode and they can go, you know what? I am really glad that Shana has learned how to walk in authority. I'm really glad that Debbie has learned how to walk in authority. But I'm still like, you know, really struggling to say, you know, like if I want my life to shift into a better place, like. What are some of the things that I can do, you know, to learn how to walk in authority? Because there might be someone that's listening to this episode that they're like, my issue that I need authority over may not be fear. There may be another area of their lives that they need authority over. But if they were listening to this, what would be your best tip that you would give them of how they can begin to walk in their authority as a believer?
1: Well, number one, I always say, go to the Bible. The Bible is the word of God, and it does not return void. So it will accomplish the work, go to the Bible and find a verse that speaks directly to whatever it is that you're struggling with, that you're dealing with. If you have to write it down on a note card, make some sort of note in your phone or device or whatever, make sure you declare that every single day, every single day, maybe put it on your fridge, put it in your car, put it in your bathroom and start declaring it every single day over yourself. And. Praise God. I always say praising God invites the power of God and the presence of God. He inhabits our praises and praise God through it.
0: I'm just writing this down. Um, I love what you just said about praising, right? Because I feel like everything we do, every strategy that we implement is there's always like a a, a higher level of that, right? Like there's, there's always a way to leverage it. And I think that powerful declarations, especially ones that are based on scripture, are so powerful in and of themselves. But I just believe that our declarations are even more powerful when we thank God for them, right? Because I believe that that is another demonstration of our belief when we're saying, okay, Lord, Here's what it is that I'm declaring, even if I don't yet see it in front of me, but I'm already gonna praise you and thank you as if it's already happened, because guess what? I know it has. I know that it already has happened, even if I haven't actually seen it in my life. So I love that how you're like, you know, I did this first, but then I here's how I made it better. And then I did this first, but then that's how I made it better. So I absolutely love that. Don't just declare, but also praise him and begin to thank him for it in advance.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Is it? Go ahead. Was there something you were going to say? No go, ahead. no, go ahead. Okay. So, before we get ready to wrap up, Debbie, is there any final words that you would like to leave with the audience?
1: I say, don't give up. Never give up. Stay focused. Our thoughts are so crucial to the trajectory of our lives. And that's why God says to take every thought captive, yes. every single one. And so, When you find a thought that isn't lining with scripture and God's purpose for your life, it's being disobedient (laughs) and it needs to be brought into obedience. So take that thought, throw it away, find a verse and start praising God.
0: Yeah. And I hope that that shook somebody up like, Oh shoot, you mean I'm being disobedient and out there say you're being disrespectful. Like, I don't believe one of the things, um, That has bothered me over the years is if I am in the midst of someone, whether it's even on television or whatever, and they're still so beat up by something that happened to them 8, 12, 10, whatever years ago. And I'm like, at some point, you have to realize that God does not want you to stay stuck there. He doesn't want that thing to continue to have power over you. And he's probably sitting there like just shaking his head at you like, my God in heaven, when is she ever going to get over this? When is he ever going to get over this? So my advice would be sometimes you need spiritual counsel and other times you need practical counsel, because if fear has you so stuck or anything traumatic has you so stuck, that it's more than six months later and it's still affecting you as much as it was when it happened, then you probably need to go beyond seeking out spiritual counsel and you probably need to see a therapist. Someone that is is well-versed and trained clinically because I tell people all the time, now I want my therapist to be biblically based. I do want them to be a Christian, but I don't just want somebody that the only advice, advice that they can give me is thus says the Lord because I need something that I can go home and say, This is what it is that I need to do. And unfortunately, some of us that are in ministry are not well equipped because we're not properly trained to handle some of these severe issues. So if you're someone that is listening to this and something traumatic has had you stuck more than six months, I'm going to say you need professional help. And I don't mean that in any disrespectful way. I just know that if something has you that stuff, that means that it's got more of a powerful stronghold on you than something that you may have been able to,
1: you know, get on the other side much faster than that. So do you, am, am I on track with that, Debbie? What do you oh, think? Oh, I 100% agree. I mean, there is definitely a place for counseling and professional services. They are they use science and they have a lot more tools and tricks up their sleeves than a lay person would have. Um a hundred percent. I believe in counseling. Yeah, um, I say you need therapy and theology. Yes, a hundred percent. Because I feel like I I just believe in using everything available to live in freedom. Because Jesus died and paid for me to be free. So I want to live in it. That's what he paid for. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So how can people find you and follow you, Debbie? So they can follow me on Facebook at Deborah Henny author. Um, I'm at Deborah Henny at uh, on Instagram as well. I have a website, DeborahHenny.com, and I do have a book on Amazon. It is called Gentleness. It's not what you think, and it is full of practical tips and advice and some some of the science behind the um, very powerful attribute of gentleness and through the spirit. That's good. Is there anything else that you want to say about the book? Well, that uh, stemmed from a Bible study I did with my daughters, actually. I was doing a unit on fruit of the spirit and I got to gentleness and thought I knew what it meant. And when I dug into the words, I realized I had no idea what it meant. <laughs> and so wow. I thought, well, if I didn't know what it meant, I bet there's other people who don't know what it is either. I had always thought of gentleness as more synonymous with weakness, Mm. Um, but it is a powerhouse. It really is a powerhouse fruit that everybody should work at cultivating in their lives. And that's what the book is designed to do.
0: Absolutely. I love that. Well, I'm going to make sure that the links to your social media, your website, wherever they can get the book is all in the show notes so that all they have to do is click it and go straight, straight there. So Debbie, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it listening audience, I know that this has blessed you. Share this because we all know someone that is stuck, that fear has them stuck, that trauma has them stuck. So please share this episode. I hope that you will go back and listen to previous episodes and future episodes as well. So everyone, thank you for joining us here at A God Shift. I'm Shayna Rattler signing off. Have a great day. Bye-bye. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.